If you're still on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter bracket contests for a chance to take home prizes of up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, MyBookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus of up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim promo code MADNESS50. But the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about MyBookie? You can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use promo code MADNESS50, that's MADNESS50, to secure your limited-time welcome bonus today. Broadcasting live from Florida's capital city, this is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, one. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and, of course, War Chant TV. If you're watching, you should know. We appreciate you watching, and you'll be in the chat and all that good stuff. But, you know, uh, it's not live. <laughs> this isn't live. You're listening to this now. We recorded it this morning because I'm on my way to Montana. Happy Libations Friday, everybody. Lucy Goosey edition of the show, and the reason we have to go about things the way we do today is, A, I'm going out of town, and B, sorry-ass Florida lost yesterday in the first round of the SEC tournament, and because they did, they're not on the airwaves this afternoon as they were scheduled to be, but I was scheduled to be out of town, so it didn't make much of a difference, but we want to do, do a show for you on a libations Friday, have fun with it. And, uh, and and have a little chat. So we're going to do that over the next couple of hours as we're wont to do. We appreciate you joining us one more time. Previously recorded program today. We won't keep beating, beating you over the head of that. You know what I found out, Tom? Uh, I know that's a that's a, a rule, an FCC rule. You got to let people know when things aren't live. Um, some shows, and I just came across it the other day for the first time. Uh, I was flipping around. Uh, I, I bought a new car. I bought my wife a, a, a Subaru. And anyhow, I was in there pre-programming because, you know, I'm big on the pre-programming. I want everything to be set up the way it's supposed to be. And uh, I was scanning through radio stations, you know, uh, away from talk radio. I don't really listen to radio stations anymore. I mean, who does? Right. Unless you're listening to talk radio. Yeah, there's not much use for it, period. Mm -mm. So, like, if you're an advertiser, you should never advertise on anything but talk radio or podcast. There's really no reason for you to, um, truthfully, because who the hell is waiting for a DJ to play a song? Not even that DJ anymore. It's been taken out of his hands so or hers. So the, the point would be I was scanning through uh, these radio stations that exist that I forgot exist. And uh, and there was a really bad show on, by the way, on um, 
on X101.5. And, uh, and, they, and they quickly, uh, there's a little thing that just goes, previously recorded. And that was it. Uh, that's, the, oh, that's all they said. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Like they don't, it's a snippet. It's a tiny little thingy. Also a minor note. I'm, I'm really uh, I was chuckling over here because when we were not on yesterday, it was because of SEC basketball. But but since we're on today, it's screw Florida because it's the Florida Gators <laughs> radio network and the Gators suck and, and they, they blew that game. So I like how we changed the descriptors. Uh, it, yes. Th- so correct. Way to, way to play Texas A&M, Florida. Good for you. Yeah. Well, those two things can both be true. Um, that, that we were not on yesterday because, uh, thankfully, our station carried inexplicably the SEC uh, basketball tournament, and we're the on, Gators, and Florida sucks. The Gators Radio Network. Yeah, yeah. It was Mick Huber on the call yesterday, and yeah. uh, he's hitting the golf course a little early this year. I'm sure he's pleased. He doesn't want to watch that basketball team. They're terrible, just like our team is terrible. It's a tough year in the state of Florida for uh, for basketball. Miami tried to lose to Boston College yesterday. Who gives up a layup? To lose a game. How do you give up a layup? Well, if you're in a position where a layup could beat you, that means you tried harder than we did in the first round. I, I don't well, know I think Boston College. enough about that. I, I don't know why we're not. If, if the program's at a higher standard, shouldn't we be more mad about lackadaisical efforts? Yeah, but how many times can you beat a dead horse? We, we've documented it. I mean, he's got to blow it up. I, I'll talk about this team in a second, and we can talk about – I mean, not just the poor effort, that matters, but what he's got to do moving forward. I'll tell you what I'm more mad about. Um, why did everybody fall all over themselves to praise Buddy Beheim? What in the world are we doing around here? I don't care if that kid is out saving the homeless, you know, flying overseas to help those in war-torn countries. He punched a guy in the chest. What are we talking about? Of course he has to be suspended. Why is everybody going, oh, that's ridiculous. Like Mike Krzyzewski came out and defended him yesterday. Well, well, that's not a surprise. I mean, it's in victory for Mike, first of all. And secondly, that's the guy who he let ride his coattails to uh, win a gold medal on a bench with him. But I'm just, I, I'm like, okay, look, these two things can be true. I don't know Buddy Beheim from a hole in the wall. Maybe he is a good kid. By all accounts, apparently he is. Um, but you can't just turn because you got boxed out and be a bitch about it and decide to punch somebody and not have be repercussions. What do we yeah. do? If he's a good kid, it's in spite of his dad. I'll say that much. Yeah, I mean, I, I yeah, his dad is cantankerous. I don't know if he's a bad human being. He is cantankerous. Uh, he's um, annoying. Um, there's a pedestrian that was on the road in Syracuse that might agree with me. I'm, that's all I'm saying. I, I don't remember that. I'm sorry. I don't whoa, remember vehicular, that. Uh, incident. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I forgot all about it. Then you're right. Um, look, I'm not going out of my way to defend the Bayheims. Uh, everybody did yesterday. Good God almighty. It was unreal. The amount of times I had, listen, I knew ham was going to say what he was going to say. I don't know that I would go that far as far as he went in defending, um, Buddy Beheim, but fine. Okay, Ham is always going to do that. He's never going to, uh, I think, exacerbate the issue. He's going to want to move forward and, and put the emphasis on the game itself and the players that you know won the game. So he he didn't want to 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 get the distracted from that. Fine, but I don't know why Wyatt Wilkes recorded a video from his hotel room to tell everybody that uh, he thinks Buddy Beheim's a good kid and it, it, it was really nothing. Don't worry about it, man. Come on, look. We don't have to 
I, the Syracuse people love Wyatt. They're like, oh, you're a great young man. It shows great intelligence on your part. This has nothing to do with intelligence. Nothing to do with intelligence. It has nothing to do with being a good sport. Look, the video speaks for itself. A man turned because he got boxed out and he didn't like it. He lost position and he swung and hit him in the stomach. Okay, is it the end of the world? No. Have I done something similar in sports? Yes. Am I, I don't want to be a hypocrite. I mean, I've, I've gotten, I've lost my cool. Fine. We all have. It's happened, right? So we're not going to make too much of it. But don't pretend like it didn't happen and that there aren't repercussions for doing so. There are. Well, and like it's a great sin that he was not on the court yesterday to help Syracuse win that basketball game. That's the other thing. I mean, Jay Billis went to Twitter and said that it's wrong, that if the officials don't call it in the moment, then he shouldn't be suspended retroactively. No, nah, man, that's not how that works. Let me tell you about a sport named hockey in which the toughest players in the world participate in that sport. People with broken limbs playing through Stanley Cup playoffs. If there's a gross miss by the officials, a high stick, a check into the boards from behind, whatever, they retroactively suspend dudes all the time. And that's the toughest sport in the world. In the uh, NFL, you know, if you hit somebody in the head, helmet to helmet, you're going to get fined on Tuesday, whether or not you were penalized on the play. This retroactive stuff happens all the time, whether the officials miss it on the court at the time or not. And Ira was right. I saw his tweet yesterday. Nobody has complained more about bad officiating this year in print, in broadcast, than Jay Billis. He hates college basketball officiating. In this case, they got it right. So it's not like Syracuse was held back yesterday because they were penalized for something that didn't happen. That's exactly what should have happened. Karma, man. That's my that's my point. And by the way, they weren't going to win the game anyhow. Um, I, I I'll just I'll just say this: you can you can say that hey, it's not the uh, grossest form of misconduct ever in a basketball game before, and that it's not something that needs to be relitigated for two and three and four days, while also understanding that there are repercussions for your actions. It's on video. You can't pretend it didn't happen. He didn't inadvertently swing his arm. I heard somebody say that inadvertently. What the hell are you looking at? Jim Beheim said that. Yeah, well, Jim Beheim said it immediately after the game. People had time to watch 15 different angles and replays, and they still were like, well, I don't know. It looked inadvertent. It did? Well, then, hey, by all means, let's take carte blanche for the rules here. I'm going to inadvertently punch lots of people in the face if that's inadvertent. Uh, and if that's if that's the new definition. Uh, but But the point is, uh, I, I, and again, I didn't even really mean to lead with this. It's just it was nauseating yesterday to see people fall all over themselves during the course of the ACC tournament trying to defend Buddy Bay. I'm not saying he's a bad kid. I'm not saying he's a bad dude. I'm not saying that, uh, you know, it's a shame, I, whatever. It, but he did it. And th- that's what happens. Yeah, I, I put it out yesterday on Twitter. I had two very different feelings about that game when it was over. Number one, it was karma. Ha ha. You know, now you can wonder what if forever and you suffered the first losing season in Syracuse history since 1960-whatever. Yeah. First for Bayheim, right, as the head coach, and his two sons were on the team. And he even dogged them in the postgame press conference, and he was talking about how they're not really that good of players, but they just try hard. I'm like, oh, wow. Stay on brand, man. And he said he's coming back next year because he's so petty. But the other part of me was a little bit jealous of how they played that game and finished that season. Whether, you know, that's a crappy basketball team. It's a crappy basketball program. They care about it up there, but that's what it's devolved into. 
But they had something to be proud of because they came to Brooklyn, they tried hard for two games, and they had the lead with three minutes to go. If we follow that exact same scenario, FSU beats Syracuse, whether it's by 50 or by five, and then you play Duke down to the wire, we're holding our heads so much higher on a Friday about what this program did in spite of all the injuries. Instead, they didn't even care to get on the plane, and we wasted money going up there. So that's where I was conflicted. I was glad Syracuse lost. I don't really root for Duke, but I was glad Syracuse lost because of the circumstances of our game. But then I was also a little jealous because they ended on a better note than we did. Here's what I think. I think this team, we found out over the course of the year, this is going to be one of those things where competing things can be true or simultaneously. Do we love Leonard Hamilton? Do we think he's created a great culture? Do we love this coaching staff? Have they found a way to grow a program that by rights shouldn't be nearly as competitive in a basketball-centric conference as they are? Yes, yes, yes. Check, check, check. We all agree. Did this coaching staff have to deal with an awful lot this year that was not of their own making in the way of injury? Yep, nobody deserves that. That sucks. When you lose starter after starter after starter and then depth guy and depth guy and you have to play all these young guys, it's going to mean that you have a lot of up and down uh, disjointed performances. So you get you get a nod and, a, and, a, and an understanding, knowing nod from me about the circumstances. Did you also do a poor job this year? Yep, 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 that can be true too. They did. Because I think it starts before they ever tip up, uh, tip the basketball in game one. I think it goes back to the kids that you brought in and 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 the guys you swung for and missed. Like that, you made a run at four or five guys that had you got would have, I think, resulted in the plan moving forward of not playing so many of these young players the minutes that he did. And, and allowing for growth over time like he likes to do. But by not getting any of those guys, any of them, then you had to play these guys who were emotionally immature, physically immature in some cases, and it led to an erosion, even if for a singular season, of that culture. And that is a problem now that you're going to have to deal with and the manner in which you deal with it will be extremely fascinating to document for us as talk show hosts and uh, givers of opinion on a daily basis, because I will tell you, I think he's got a real problem on his hand uh, of the people that I talk to. And I've got pretty good sources for basketball. I think most of you out there know that over the years, I, I he, he's got hard decisions, Tom. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to reveal things I shouldn't, I'm just going to say he's got really tough decisions and they involve a lot of those young players. And I'm curious how many of those guys come back. I wouldn't be shocked if several of them are not. Now I'm not saying that's going to happen, but I am saying there has to be a reckoning. There has to be a come to Jesus moment because you're right to point out, not just in this game, which was putrid, but several others this year. Well, Three others this year, I count three, where effort can be questioned. The, the old not trying thing that we talk about, uh, that can never happen. And when it does, if you, oh, a man with lesser cachet, admittedly, we would, we would, we'd come out hard. But because Leonard has an awful lot of cachet uh, and success, uh, tangible success, as well as proof of, uh, uh, a culture winning, right?
right? That's what he's done around here for a very long time. Uh, then, then you're going to trust him on this one in the off season, uh, because you're right to point out that that was a non-effort. And I think that's born only uh, from a group who doesn't respect uh, the program's history or each other or themselves. I mean, if you do that, I tell this to my, my kid all the time, my oldest kid, um, he's a hardhead. Uh, he's a brilliant kid, but he's a hardheaded kid. And I, I, I've had to break a couple things down for him. And, and eventually I came back to one thing. I said, don't do this for me. Don't do this for your mother. Don't do this for the adults in the life that tell you that you have to do this in order to get to where you want to go in the world. Have some respect for yourself. What you do on a daily basis in the classroom, on the basketball court, whatever you reflects on you. Have some respect for yourself. So when I see these kids uh, not try, not put forth effort on, a, on scholarship at Florida State, a program that's gone to back-to-back-to-back to back to back Sweet 16s, that's on them, man. That, that's, that, that shows a lack of character. Right. Thank you. That's a, it's a scathing indictment. There we go. There we go. I just, I felt like because we have so much respect and rightfully so for Leonard, um, I even hear it in conversations that I've had away from this program, just talking to FSU fans. Hey, you know, what are you going to do? No, nah, man. No. The stakes are higher now. We have come to a different place as a basketball program. And I'm not saying that it's on Leonard to be, you know, fired or anything crazy like that. But what I'm saying is, are we passionate about the sport or are we not? And I feel like the way this season went down the tubes, the apathy was setting in. And that's just so weird to me because there are reasons that you lose basketball games. If effort is one of them, you have a right to be furious with mm-hmm. this team. But I just, I question now how passionate were we really, or were we front runners? Because I think there should, there should be more people really fired up about this. But there isn't – I mean, if you look at the traffic for basketball stuff, it's just not there. So yeah, the but it's not there. It's not there, Tom, when they win either. It, it's This is not a basketball school. Our fans suck um, for, for the most part. Our fans are not great basketball fans at all, um, and they never have been. And even when they're given reason to, uh, they bitch. I mean, they, when they're given reason to be, celebrate a program, they bitch. They complain. Uh, now, listen, have they done a good job with the students? Has Florida State students stepped up? Yep. And I give them all the credit in the world. I used to rag our students back in the day forever. I'd come on the air and rip them. They're the only thing holding up the collective basketball fandom uh, for Florida State are those students. They're passionate. They get there early. They, they're, they're involved. And they, they know when to cheer. They know how to che- They do a great job. The, the TLCCC, as I affectionately call it, did start to get packed and did become a difference maker. So I can hear people right now going, wait a minute, Jeff, you can't say our fans suck. And then at the same time, praise the atmosphere uh, of the TLC double C and call it one of the best home courts in the ACC. It's true. We did that, but I always questioned, and I think we saw the answer this year, Tom, what it would take. And it, it didn't seem like it would take much, right? I always thought brewing just under the surface was a collective screw this. Let's go back to watching football and baseball or whatever. I always thought it was there because we've never seemingly appreciated even the successes, right? We've never even really realized from whence we came. And that frustrates me. And it also speaks to kind of a collective disconnect. And I think that's just because we don't invest in basketball emotionally. 
Uh, I don't, I, now I'm not saying there aren't pockets of people who have a great understanding of the game. I'm not talking down to anybody. If you're listening to this and you're a passionate basketball fan and you watch these games and you appreciate what Leonard's done and you go to the games and you understand the game, I'm not talking to you. But I am saying, on, here's my favorite phrase, on the whole, Florida State's basketball fan base sucks. There we go. Swiped up on the video screen. Thank we do you. have the hashtag saved for the uh, thing on the whole. Yeah, I mean, agreed. Uh, I'm just telling you that, Well, especially outside of the town. Especially outside of the town with the with Noel grads. They will invest in the tournament, but they won't they won't engage uh, on the ups and downs or in the ups and downs of the regular season. Now, I will say this one thing, that multiple things, once again, can be true. If this season crashed and burned because, and we saw it, you know, just when you get one player back, two more are hurt, you know, and it felt like that's what was happening all season long. And interest level wanes gradually and naturally that way. Okay, I can understand it. But when you have left us the final taste in our mouth so bitter with not trying, that can't be part of the DNA of this program. And that's where, for me, it's different. Like, it's... To get to 10 wins and finish the season the way you did with three consecutive ACC victories, you win back-to-back at home over Notre Dame and NC State to close out the season at the TLCCC. Like, all that is great, and it looks like there's growth. But then you have this massive setback. That's why I think that this ACC tournament game was not meaningless. It tells you that it's not fixed. Whatever's going on is not fixed. And if quit is in your DNA, that is not acceptable. And that's where people, I just, I think everybody had thrown their hands up to the sky and said, uh, the season's over anyway. No, nah, not when you quit. I know I'm redundant at this point, but it, I think it bears repeating because that's not a hallmark of a Leonard Hamilton program. We could point to one other example in history that we saw it. It was Booker's last game against Georgia Tech. You know how long ago that was? That's forever ago. Mm-hmm. There was that one night, and we were furious then, and we should be furious now about it. He's got a lot of work to do in the offseason. Well, I think, the, and we'll put a ribbon on this, it did worth. It is worth vetting, and it is a conversation that is interesting in my ma- my mind because it it did come out of nowhere. I mean, it really. I don't know that any of us thought that we'd worry about a team, you know, quitting. Um, not not under Hamilton, we didn't think that would happen. So it is it is noteworthy. But I also think, as far as fans go, it's hard to invest emotionally or otherwise and care if you don't think the kids do. So if if somewhere along the way this season and there were more than one opportunity, uh, there was more than one opportunity to do so. If if you're a fan and you're watching and you're like, hmm, I'm not real sure they care to be here. And so you check out. I got it. I got it. Yeah, I'll tell you that I was watching the North Carolina game with 15 mm-hmm. other Knowles in the clubhouse uh, at our at our beloved CCCC, Capital City mm-hmm. Country Club. And the pin drop on a carpet could have been heard in that room with the fury of the North Carolina, it was 24 to one, yes. 24 to one. That can be only a one-time deal if ever. And it wasn't this year. And so that's where I can understand people shutting down. Like, just don't let this to happen again next year. We've worked too damn hard or he has, excuse me. No, not we, he has worked too damn hard to build this thing up to a th- something that we are very, very proud of. Please don't let it careen into the side of the mountain again next year. Whoever needs to go. I don't care what class they are. Fresh, fresh, excuse me, freshmen through seniors, let him go. Get him yeah. out of here. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It'll be an in- interesting and uh, uh, eventful offseason. Uh, don't let your health go careening into the side of the mountain. No, no. Make sure you keep it together. When you get back from spring break, let's tighten it up, everybody. Orange Theory Fitness. Let's get it together. 
Orange Theory Fitness. There's two locations in town. I got Orange Theory Fitness. I got to go more. I got to get back to going more. My calf is fully healed. I did. I, I mentioned it yesterday on the show, uh, day before, whenever it was. We did the uh, 2,000 meter uh, row just to see where you're at. It's a benchmark row. And my time was not my best time. Wasn't a bad time, but it was not my best time. So I've got goals when we come back from spring break. Got to get after it. What is your best time? Uh, 650 or something like that. Something like that. That's um, moving. Yeah, it's moving. Uh, but but I I I wasn't anywhere close to 650 yesterday uh, the other day. But but uh, but I'll tell you this much: in order to do it, you got to get your physio up. You got to get your cardio to a place where you can sustain uh, a pretty good clip in terms of um, you know strokes. Hey now, so uh, you got You got to get that up, and I'm looking forward to doing it when we get back. So Orange Theory Fitness, two locations in town, science back. It's proven to work, man. Interval training works. They use it. Professional sports, they use it right here at Florida State. So Orange Theory Fitness, go check them out. First class is always free. Also, if you buy a heart rate monitor, that first month is free. That's a real savings. I mean, that's uh, that's doing some things. Orange Theory Fitness, Jeff Cameron Show, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV, and uh, you, you guys, you're listening, and you're watching. We appreciate that. Previously recorded, done this morning. There you go. Got that uh, sounder out there for you. There you go. Uh, Tom and I were talking during the break. I've never played Wordle, and uh, and and he, he does, and so does every single person in America. And then they tweet about it. Yeah. So I, um, Tom, kind of dug my heels in in classic Tom Lang fashion. Um, when you're told you need to hear a movie, see a movie or hear an album, uh, if you're told one too many times, there's a chance you'll wait two years to do it. So I've discovered that about you, uh, over our many years of friendship. So when I really want you to listen to something or hear something or see something, I only mention it once, maybe a second time a week later in passing, but I'm afraid that I'll cross the threshold into, well, that's it. I'm not going to do it. So, uh, as far as Wordle goes, I've done that. Because it's annoying that people tweet Wordle, uh, their Wordle successes or whatever you would call them on, uh, on Twitter every day. I don't understand that. I don't know why you would do that. Um, but nonetheless, I guess everybody wants to feel smart or something. But here, here's the thing. Uh, I am smart and I'm really, really good with words. So I would, uh, I would dare say that uh, I, I should play this game is what you're telling me. You have many words. You have the best words, as I understand. Uh, of course, it. yes. Uh, so yeah, I pulled up the board on the video. You could try. Would you like to try Wordle on the fly here? Uh, I always share it on social media if I get it in two, because that that's a tough thing to do. That that's a monumental occasion. No, I, I actually don't want to be the thing that I hate, um, and and so I will uh, do Wordle on my own, and then oh. maybe. And then maybe when we come back to town, Tom, uh, I will I will share my Wordle successes or failures or whatever they are. Uh, I don't think it's good radio for those driving around in the car to listening to us. 
Duertle. <laughs> I, I, I'm actually sticking up for the profession a little bit here. You can type boo 10 times if you want. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> I'm going I'm I'm to save our listeners the trouble. But I, I would also, the other reason I don't want to play Wordle right now is baseball is back, baby. There we go. Yes. Yes. Just in time. Now that uh, our basketball team has forsaken us, uh, and and we we're, we're a little bit embittered as we move forward. There you go. Uh, we're a little frustrated, uh, and and you know we've already fully embraced Florida State baseball, but now we get Major League Baseball to go with it. And you know, because I'm old and white, that I love baseball. That's how that's how that works. And uh, so since I fit that category neatly, um, I'm elated. It's a big day for me, or yesterday was, anyhow, when the news came down. Uh, I'm very, very happy. And uh, the fact that they're going to ratchet this sucker up and play, uh, what, April the 7th? Okay, here we go. Get a quick spring uh, little spring training in. Get a little something-something. Maybe when I get back, get down to Bradenton for a game. Hey, hey, I am pumped. Here yeah, we go. And, and in honor of that great day, I see you have an MLB hat on. I have an MLB hat on. In honor of the return of the sport, there you go. All right, so opening day for baseball is Thursday of the Masters. You believe mm. that? Now that's fun. So uh, there's going to be a lot of sports going on that weekend, especially here in Tallahassee, because we will have the spring game on Saturday as well. So you've got opening week of baseball, Ooh. opening day, the Masters, and our spring game happening all the exact same time. I'm happy that it's done now. You know me. I was over it because these guys tail as old as time that they shoot themselves in the foot. They're like Plaxico Burris back in the day at a strip club with the uh, <laughs> the sweatpants and the gun around the waistband of the sweatpants. But they got it done. So let's go now. Time to be the big bad bullies in New York. I look forward to seeing what's going on uh, in the hot stove. We're recording this at, at 9 in the morning on, on Friday. Well, by the time we hit the air – at one o'clock, there could be two or three major signings because, as I understand it, free agency is now wide open. So the yeah. MLB hot stove is going to produce quite a few big signings. There's like 25 top level players across all positions um, that are available to everybody right now. And I know one that is near and dear to uh, this local area is hard. Is Freddie Freeman going to stick in Atlanta or does he want that sixth year? And will that sixth year take him to the Bronx or somewhere else? That's going to be really fascinating to see because that's more than just a glue guy in Atlanta. Big signing. We'll see. Hopefully that's not dated information by the time this airs. Well, yes, it's wide open. And I think some of these negotiations are going to happen really quickly and some big names are going to be on the move. Uh, Unfortunately, none of them will involve the Pittsburgh Pirates. But uh, nonetheless, I'm happy. I love the sport. And and I'll be able to soon tune in to spring training games on MLB Network, which you have to admit, as far as background noise goes, is there anything better than that? Oh, that 30 clubs in 30 days. I love it all. It's just, you know, I, I have been so turned off by the labor negotiations part of it. And what really yeah. did it, what did it for me, like my dad in the 90s, that strike really, it took a lot of the, the, the joy out of him watching the sport. He'll still watch the Rays because they're underdogs. But last year, or sorry, in 2020, during the pandemic, that you couldn't get together and hash out a deal during a pandemic to help entertain the masses and make money for yourself by July 4th, that just told me how, how toxic things are. At least we have labor peace for now. And I'm going to have to go through the crash course like a lot of people over the next month. Who the hell signed with these guys? Who the hell signed with that guys? Because there, there are a lot of new names and new places. That's where 30 clubs in 30 days is going to be awesome television programming. 
the changes within the new CBA, and here is actual sports-related, non-opinion-based uh, stuff that you should know. If you're one of those people like Tom, and really I think collectively baseball fans everywhere were kind of like, you know what? Wake me when it's over, and I'll and I'll and I'll come back. I, I agree, Tom. I know why you felt that. I was hanging on every day's news uh, in that cycle because I just love baseball, and I was on the cusp of being really crestfallen. Uh, if they, uh, here's what I feared: there was potential. I, I will say this: there was real potential. The more I read the Keith Laws of the world and guys like that who really know stuff, um, Jeff Passan does a great job. Uh, the more I read their stuff, the more they were hinting at, if this doesn't get ratified soon, you may not have a baseball season, that this was going to be that kind of ugly because there was a thought that the owners were going to go full bore and break the union, that, that their thought was, you know what? F it. I've got more money than you. I'm a billionaire. I'll take uh, ungodly beating this year because I can. My suspicion is you can't. You, you who aren't making Mike Trout money, which is, you know, most of the league, <laughs> uh, you guys can't not get your payments uh, for games played. So we want this and we want this now. And if you don't concede, we're not budging. That was kind of their tactic in negotiation. It wasn't a collaboration. That was real fear that this could lead to uh, uh, like the hockey situation, where it got, which got so ugly, where they're like, oh, really? You guys just aren't going to have a season. And I remember thinking, it is so narrow-minded and shallow and crappy to, to you know, on the one hand, try to make that point and break the union uh, all the while, uh, not understanding that your place in the lexicon of sport, if you will, is so much further down the list of words used by sports fans everywhere than the last time this happened in 94. And the difference was 94 was a strike and this was a lockout. This was the, the owners enacted the lockout. It wasn't the players saying we won't play. It was the owners saying you can't play. People had it all wrong. The owners were saying, no, you can't come to camp. No, you can't do baseball related things. The players were like, well, uh, we'd like to, well, you can't, we're locking you out. And the problem with that is, when you lock somebody out and then insult the intelligence of fans everywhere by telling them the reason you did it, Rob Manfred, was because you thought it would facilitate and necessitate uh, more dialogue. And then you don't speak to one another from the point of the lockout for 46 days. Now that is willful disingenuous, intellectually dishonest behavior across the board, which tells me at that point, you're soulless. You're all in and trying to break the union. You've just decided words don't matter. You just pulled a Donald Trump where you just say things like it doesn't mean anything. Like you can't tell everybody that this was so that you could facilitate negotiations and then not talk to the other side for 46 days. That's just it's an outright lie. Yeah, he's terrible at his job, but he's also the middleman for the worst owners in sports, too. He's a yeah, meat that, shield for the owners. Yeah, totally. Totally is. And that's where I got frustrated with, you know, a lot of people saying, well, get rid of Manfred. It'll get better. It's like, what? Don't you know his job? His job is to do just as he's doing. It's like you don't really hate the actor that plays AJ in The Sopranos. You know, he's just doing a good job of making himself hateable. That's, yeah. you know, 
Who likes that guy? Who who likes that storyline? Why is that even on my television screen for 20 minutes an episode towards the end of the series? But that's because the kid's doing a good job. He's a little piece of crap. Yeah, by the way, the my favorite part of that is that because he's a uh, whiny, entitled punk, there's nothing better than the moment over cereal uh, when <laughs> when Tony grabs him and you're right. like, oh, here it comes. He now, snapped. It gets to a place that's sad for him. But before that, I mean, you know, it's he's just you're like, yes, Tony, you know what? I don't I don't Adrian Peterson is garbage. I don't like what he did. But you know what, Tony, if you got to rough him up a little bit, get him get him straight. I mean, this kid's ridiculous the way he talks to his mother. Anyway, I'm getting sidetracked. But that's who Manfred was. Manfred was like the AJ Soprano of this whole thing. It's like, well, that's what he's supposed to be. He's just telling you how bad the ownership is. Thankfully, it's all over. 99-day owner-imposed lockout over, and um, I do think probably moving forward that the level of mistrust that has existed between the players' union and the owners uh, will be just as ugly as it's ever been, despite the uh, despite the the vote uh, that it was in favor of a five-year CBA. Um, significant gains in in regards to minimum salaries, competitive balance tax threshold, and other boring items. But really quickly, here you go. 12-team postseason with the top two division winners earning first-round buys. A 45-day window to impose rule changes decided on by a new joint committee beginning in 2023. Universal designated hitter, boo, boo, boo. I know why they did it, but boo. A six-team draft lottery implemented with the hopes of curtailing tanking a provision that prevents teams from optioning eligible players more than five times within a season, and then two measures aimed at limiting service time manipulation, full year of service time awarded to players who finished within the top two in respect of rookie of the year voting and draft picks awarded to teams that promote players on opening day who finish among the top vote getters for major awards. And uh, by the way, they're going to add Tom, um, and we knew this was eventually going to happen in all sport. Now it's coming to baseball, unfortunately, additional advertising through patches on jerseys and decals on the helmet. Um, Listen, they've been doing that in Europe forever. Obviously you see almost all European sports. um, Everybody is just a walking billboard. Um, The the whoring of the product has gone on over there forever. It was bound to come here eventually. And now it's happened. So um, nonetheless, for the most part, this feels like both sides uh, left feeling pretty good. Both sides left hurting a little bit, and that's what has to happen for negotiations to work, right? It's like buying a car. Yeah, that's um, you know, I just hope that jerseys in the United States don't turn into the patches, the logo of the team, <laughs> instead of you know the wording across the chest is is still the name and the nickname of your team rather than you know it says Geico or some nonsense like Ooh. that. Ooh, no, I, know. Yeah. I know. Could you see like a like a Mets uniform with a Geico, and then there's just like the little ball? Like, is that's what like the Arsenal, the Fly Emirates thing? I'm like, oh my god, I'm just buying a Fly Emirates shirt. It's yeah. just ridiculous. That's the whole point. Uh, but an important thing also for baseball purists out there: double headers are nine inning games now, and they'll start guys on second base. No nonsense. Nobody on second, Nobody on second in the tenth inning. Here we yeah. go. They did the right thing. Just like you'll do the right thing. I'm on fire today, Tom. If you go see the legendary home loan team of Chad and Shannon, and they are incredible, go find them now. Hamilton Home Loans, legendary team, Chad, Shannon. They're Knowles, guys. Uh, It's a mortgage company that's designed around uh, speed and simplicity and service. It's not intimidating. It can be if you've never done it before. But when you call Shannon and say, hey, look, 
Um, and this is what I need. This is what I want. Here's how I'm going to go about it. Tell me what we should do. He's got an answer for you. He'll put your mind at ease. Great rates, cutting edge technology, transparent communication. It's, of course, a five-star mortgage experience. You can find out more online at FSUHomeLoans.com. That's FSUHomeLoans.com. I continue to welcome them into the JCS family. Uh, it's good to be uh, working alongside those two guys. Great guys. Hardcore Knowles. They're one of us. Go check them out. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chat TV. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. The Jeff Cameron Show is a production of the Warchant.com Multimedia Network. Check out Warchant.com today for the latest news inside Florida State Athletics. That's Warchant.com. Now, back to Jeff on Real Talk 93.3. Jeff Cameron Show, Libations, Friday edition, Lucy Goosey, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchant TV, and we appreciate you on board as always. Hope you guys have a good spring break. What are you guys going to do? What's everybody's plan? Where are you going? You going anywhere? Going to the beach? Chilling here? Playing a lot of golf? You going to get drunk? What are you going to do? What are you going to do on spring break? I don't know. Parents right now are like, I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm leaving town as I listen. Um, yeah, I'll be uh, I'll be leaving town. As In fact, I'm probably out of town right now as you're listening to this because this is pre-recorded. There you go. There you go. And you're only a little over an hour away from first pitch of Florida State and Wake Forest. That was moved up twice. It was a four o'clock uh, from six to four yesterday. And I believe it was moved up to three o'clock late last night. So there you go. You're covered with us. And then you get first pitch of the ball game right at three o'clock. And that's an important series on the road this weekend. Uh, all series uh, in the conference are important. And um, and this is a chance now to watch uh, what I think is arguably the best three-man rotation in the ACC, uh, maybe one of the two or three best in the country. That's the that's the the weaponry Florida State brings to the table every weekend, and it's why I've said repeatedly that other factors um, could, in fact, you know, rise up to doom this team. We'll see, and we'll watch and monitor those factors closely, but it's not going to be because they lack starting pitching, that's for sure, and that's also why I say repeatedly they have a chance to win any series they play in, regardless of their record, or previous performance, uh, listen, their record could turn out to be great. I don't know. We're going to watch the season play out. But even if it's not because they, let's say, lose a bunch of midweek games that people get uh, get to hand-wringing about, um, even if that happens, uh, I'm telling you, when they go into the postseason, nobody wants to see those top two guys in this rotation. Nobody. That's going to be um, tough work. To, uh, to knock Florida State out in the postseason. Now, it can happen. There are other good baseball teams. There are other good rotations, and eventually you're going to come across them. You're coming across one of them this weekend, in fact, against Wake Forest, as Tom alluded to. So, uh, yeah, you can you can lose games. Uh, we're not, we may not be the best team in the country, but I do think we're one of the better pitching staffs in the country. And if they can get to where he's comfortable with guys and knowing their roles out of the bullpen – 
um, and, and kind of effectively figure out who can handle what kind of situations uh, sooner rather than later, ideally. But uh, this is this is what happens during the regular season. If they can find that, those four or five guys that they really trust uh, in the bullpen there, then I think you're going to be in, in good shape. I do think they probably have to find a different answer at closer. Um, I, I don't I don't like having a contact guy <laughs> come out of the pen late. Um, I, I'd rather have a guy who misses bats. A big fan of guys who miss bats. I'd like the ball not to be in play. Bad things happen when the ball's in play. So that would be just a, a, a subtle suggestion on my part is to not have your contact guy be your closer. Yeah, I mean, he can miss bats when he's 100%, but, I mean, you know, as for now, whatever is ailing him, be it uh, issued stiffness in the neck, I think is what he's dealing with. But it, you've got a lot of dudes that can throw the ball by bats. You have mm-hmm. a lot of those. Some of them are still having issues with commands. Uh, a lot of them are in the bullpen right now. But I agree with you. All things being equal, if you have to choose between somebody who's got an awesome wipeout changeup or curveball or whatever, and that's what they can do, and that's it. Or you got a guy who's got 96 I'll take the guy who's got 96, especially in college baseball. But, um, yeah, we'll see what happens, obviously, this weekend, and, and maybe we get some more answers because now you've got three at Wake who started off real good, and then next Tuesday during spring break, you're down in Gainesville playing the Gators. So a lot of cool tests yet to come. I hope by the time you guys tune in to the Jeff Cameron Show today that um, that we have really good news regarding a certain golfer, Tom. Currently, uh, at the time that we're uh, doing the show – I'll just let you know. Um, and again, there's going to be stops and starts all weekend long. It's going to be a weird tournament to try to follow and have a handle on. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood had a great day yesterday, shot a 66. Uh, Tom Hoagie finished his round also with a 66. Pretty funny, isn't it, Tom, that I mentioned Tom Hoagie to you as an aside the other day about a golfer who had a chance to win this tournament. And I was like, watch Tom Hoagie win this thing because of weather. <laughs> and there he sits at minus six. But for my sake, everybody, Let's hope that while you listen to this, Russell Henley has completed his round at sub 72. Because if in fact he has, prize picks is going to be tired of your boy. I am wearing prize picks out. Do not forget to join prize picks using the promo code WARCHANT. You too can wear prize picks out if you're as heady as I am. I'm killing prize picks. Let me tell you what I got today. Yesterday was a winner with Matthew Fitzpatrick under five shots on hole 11. Will Zalatoris, who I hinted I thought would play well here because the putting woes would be mitigated by the surface. He, too, was under five shots on hole 11. I had married those two, along with Russell Henley, strokes under 72. To go along with Cameron Champ, under 12 fairways, which, by the way, he hit 11 fairways. He threatened 12, but he didn't get to 12. So if Russell Henley is currently in the clubhouse at under 72, your boy's cashing lots of money. And that's going to make my vacation better. So let's all collectively say, yay, Jeff, yay, Russell Henley, and yay, prize picks, promo code, war chant. That'll help you with the refill before you get back to the rental car place. Because, uh, <laughs> you know, that's got to be a decent size expense. Um, you, yeah. How long is the drive? So you, you're doing a four-hour drive looking at uh, some of the best country in, in the United States in terms yeah, of... Yeah, beautiful drive from uh, Spokane, Washington, uh, through Idaho into uh, Montana. And wow. uh, it's going to be a four-hour uh, jaunt. And uh, I actually, oddly, am really looking forward to that drive. So I, uh, I, I can't wait for the kids to look out their windows and see that breathtaking beauty 
um, in this portion of the country that uh, really I haven't had a great chance to explore either. So it's going to be a, a lot of fun. And it's going to be enhanced with my prize pick winnings if Russell Henley is under 72 at the time we're having this conversation and folks are listening to it. Hour number two forthcoming. Stay with Jeff Cameron, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV.